This is episode number 162 with Stan Toller. Success 101 Podcast. This is your host, Jared Warren. At each episode, my goal is to bring you a new concept or idea to help you maximize your full potential. Thanks for joining me here today. Now let's kick things off. Hey guys, welcome back to the Success 101 Podcast. I'm so fired up that you're here with me today. As always, this is your host, Jared Warren, and I'm so excited about the things the Success 101 Podcast is doing here in 2017. Glad to have you along for the ride as well. Before we dive into our awesome show today, I wanted to let you guys know that today's show is brought to you by the Human Charger, the sun in your pocket. Through the super bright LED earbuds that the team over at Valky have created, you can now get the experience of staring directly at the sun without the harmful effects. Loyal listeners of the podcast know that I cannot stop talking about this device. It's helped me reduce caffeine consumption. It helps me get better sleep at night. And I've had so many great reviews from you guys who have gone and picked up your very own human charger. When you insert the LED earbuds on this incredible device... The photoreceptor proteins on your brain pick up that spectrum, which is the exact same spectrum as the sun, by the way, and gets your day going quickly. But don't take my word for it. Go grab your own and try it out. My team has made it so easy for you guys. Just head over to success101podcast.com forward slash human charger and at the checkout, enter promo code success101 to grab 20% off of this amazing bright light device. I also wanted to let you guys know that my book, From Success to Significance, The Ultimate Strategy Manual, including the six vision-building exercises to make your 2017 incredible, and the same material I've been going through lately on a lot of my live episodes, is available to you for free. All that I ask is you cover the shipping and handling. Again, my team has made this so easy for you guys. Just head over to success101podcast.com forward slash the dash book. There is an ebook reader version available you guys can pick up as well. And if you're outside of the United States at this time, that is the only version that's available for you. But if you're grabbing a paperback version, which I highly recommend so that you can make notes, it is available for just the shipping and handling cost. I believe it's around $5.99 right now that they've got it on the website for. So again, head over to success101podcast.com forward slash the dash book to grab your copy today. That will not last for long, but I had such a high request from people who are listening to the live episodes. They wanted their own book to go through and offering it to you at just the shipping and handling or even the e-reader book, which is just a couple of bucks more, is going to allow you to have that in your hands as I go through those live episodes and on to an incredible 2017. The feedback has been phenomenal. Thank you guys for writing in about how you're using From Success to Significance to map out goals and visions like you guys have never had before. Now to our awesome episode today with Stan Toller. I found out about Stan completely by accident, as you'll hear in our episode today. I was in the Washington, D.C. airport. I saw a book there titled The Power of Your Attitude. Normally, I don't just pick up things like that, especially from people that I don't know their work or know their credibility or who they are. And something within me just said, grab this book. And I marked the thing all up. If you look at my copy, it's just beaten up and just marked all over. And what it really showed me, as you'll hear in the episode today, guys, whether you believe it or not, and I hope I make believers out of all of you after this, is your attitude truly is a choice. I want to empower you guys with knowing that your attitude and how you view each day, how you view your relationships, how you view the things that are on the horizon or maybe yet to come truly is a choice. 
Stan is a dynamic international speaker. He's a best-selling author, and he's committed to the idea that everyone, even with a small amount of leadership talent, can become a good, even a great leader. Stan's got an awesome sense of humor. He's spoken in 80 countries and shared the platform with guys like Zig Ziglar. It's amazing who Stan has in his corner as people that he reaches out to for encouragement and advice and has formed lifelong friendships with. Wait till you hear some of the people today that he knows personally. As you'll hear today, Stan's story started out with a life of adversity and loss with the death of his father. And then through association and being surrounded by great people, as I mentioned, Stan has grown into an incredible leader and wants to show others how to do the same. Stan is also dealing with adversity of his own in his life right now, as you'll hear in our episode today. And the key to how he is battling through that incredible adversity that he's dealing with right now is something I want you guys to hear. He's certainly a role model for all of us out there on how we should be living our life, how we should be sharpening our character and mindset toward leadership, and how we should attack adversity with relentless pursuit of overcoming the odds. So without any further delay, let's jump right into this awesome episode with the one and only Stan Toller. Hey, Stan, good afternoon. Welcome to the Success 101 podcast. How are things today? Things are great. I'm having an outstanding day. How about you, Jared? Stan, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Why don't you start giving us just a little bit of a background to you and your life and how you got down this road of leadership and attitude and all the other things that you've written on that help so many people out there become better? I'm glad to do it. Uh, I often say that uh, I was born the poorest of the poor in uh, Welch, West Virginia, and Welch has been a centerpiece recently of conversation with uh, both Democrat and Republican politicians uh, because Lyndon Johnson went to Welch to declare war on poverty when he was president. He gave out the first food stamps at uh, Welch, West Virginia, and then from there he went to Inez, Kentucky and made a second declaration of war on poverty and uh, did the same with food stamps. And uh, a recent article in USA Today said his declaration didn't work either place. They both remain poor cities in the United States. Wow. With that backdrop, my dad was um, a coal miner, had his back broken three times in the mines before he was 30 years of age. He, uh, in search of a better life, moved us to Ohio, trying to find employment, had a difficult time finding employment, and ultimately I did get a job, went to work on a Monday morning, was tragically killed in an accident. All of that obviously had a negative impact on my life. And so The Power of Your Attitude, with the subtitle Seven Choices for a Happy and Successful Life, centers in on how I was able to transition from, you know, that negativity and loss of loved one and poor upbringing to the person that I am today, who is often accused of being an eternal optimist optimist. (laughs) and often say, no, I'm just a realistic optimist because I've had the eternal kicked out of me too many times. So, well, well, Stan, what an incredible story. You know, it's just fascinating, first of all, that we still have places like that here in America. You think about that in other places. And, you know, it's amazing when people come over from other countries and they see beggars on the street or homeless people. They think, my gosh, you know, we don't expect that over in America, the land of opportunity. But you still see that here today. 
And then I see quite a bit of times that you have a lot of people out there that have wealth, they have abundance, they have prosperity, whatever, fill in the blank with these things that people are always looking at as far as grass is greener on the other side. And they're just absolutely in a form of self-sabotage or misery because their mindset is just all out of whack. And so it's always amazing for me to hear a story of people who come from humble beginnings like you did with very little. And then uh, your dad, what age were you when your dad passed away? I was 11 years old at the time. Yeah. So even something like that, that not many people can say, I came from poor, came from poverty and a well-known area of poverty, even way back then and still today. But then to watch your dad go through that and watch him, you know, or have him pass away whenever you were very impressionable still as a young man and still learning what life, you know, really was about and, and parenthood and those sort of things to have him taken away. But then I read your writing and it's just so empowering. And the biggest thing that I took away from your book, The Power of Your Attitude, really is the power of choice, is that our attitude, no matter what circumstance we're in, within reason, right, but no matter what circumstance we're in from day to day, it truly is our choice. And as I'd mentioned to you offline, I don't know what it is that you said any differently in your writings. I don't know what you said that, you know, I hadn't heard it that way before, but something within your writing really empowered me. And that's why I knew I had to get you on the podcast. So I just want to highlight for my listeners real quick. Again, the book is called The Power of Your Attitude. And the first five chapters I just love because I think you're really trying to frame people's mind around the power we really do have. But you made a believer out of me uh, more so than I already was. But chapter or section one here, it's the power of thought, how your thoughts shape your identity. Part two is the power of words, which people always say words have a lot of power. And sometimes we hear that and move on, right? But your words become your reality. That was a great chapter for me to read through. Power of your actions, how your actions determine your character power of your habits. We talk about habits on this podcast all the time. We can't talk about them enough. Habits do predict your future. And then finally, the power of choice and how your choices change your life. Where did you really tap into this part of it really being a choice and not so much of you struggling through the surroundings to try to build up to that mindset, but just really understanding it's a choice? Well, I, I cover a great deal of that in the preface of the book. And just set that answer up just a little bit. Obviously, if you're born the poorest of the poor, then your inheritance is not great. And mine was simply a $2 Timex watch that my dad had just bought. Right. And he had it on the day. It was killed in the accident. My mother gave it to me. And I decided that I would start a Monday ritual of uh, wearing that watch and I've done it all these years uh, later. I still wear it. It keeps uh, perfect time. If you wind it up, it's not coarse, so you got to wind it up. And when I wind it up, those choices and habits that uh, you uh, referenced there become very vivid to me. You know, one of the choices is I choose hope. I could have despaired. And certainly I went through a great deal of negativity and fear and so forth in the loss of of a loved one. But uh, in the book, I describe the slogan from Timex that was so popular at that time, Timex, the watch that takes a licking and keeps on ticking. And John Cameron Swayze was this announcer, which would predate you. You know, he would always be there standing announcing and they do all kinds of crazy things with Timex watches. Someone would jump into a pool of water. So to prove that it was waterproof, when they came out, they'd hold the watch up and he would say, oh, Timex, the watch that takes a licking and keeps on ticking. So, <laughs> right. Yeah, doing things like that. 
And so that was inspirational to me in terms of wearing the watch. Never had to have the watch worked on. All I've ever done is buy bands for it. And so over the years, I've called it my Monday morning resignation prevention kit. Well, I've got a Rolex watch and other really nice watches. It's my favorite watch to wear. And I iron on Mondays unless I'm traveling because I don't want to lose it uh, on, a, on the road somewhere. But I have found it to be a real source of inspiration to me. The second thing, uh, if I might. How old is that watch now? My dad was killed in August of 1962. So you can see that uh, I've been wearing it a lot of years. And there's a picture of it in the book. And, you know, it looks almost as good as far as the face of it as it did the day that I inherited it. It really hasn't uh, aged much, which is kind of interesting in that regard. But let me take you just a step further in the preface then. I go off to college when I'm uh, 18 years old. I meet a new friend by the name of John C. Maxwell. He was relatively unknown at that (laughs) And we're in a school uh, lunchroom at college. We're having a little conversation, as I describe it in the book. His dad, who's president of the college, Dr. Melvin Maxwell. Melvin is now 95 years old, calls me on a regular basis to encourage. Wow. But uh, so if you meet Melvin, you'll understand John a whole lot more. Let's put it that way. Uh, and why he's such a leader. But Melvin comes in and says, hey, how would you guys like to skip school tomorrow and go to a PMA rally? And we both say, well, sure, anything to skip school, but what's a PMA rally? And he said, positive (laughs) mental attitude. And we said, well, sure. So we get in this old 1964 Woody station wagon, a Ford Woody, and those wood panels on the side of it. You know, we drive to Dayton, Ohio, to the University of Dayton Arena. Thousands of people are there, and they have all of these positive mental attitude speakers. And uh, one of them was Joe Cabot Robert, who was known as the greatest salesman on earth. Joe Cabot said, you know, if you don't think every day is a good day, try living without one. And the crowd roared, you know, and I wrote that down in my notes. And the next speaker was a guy by the name of Zig Ziglar. Of all. Oh, yeah. And later, Zig would become a great mentor and influence on John's life as well as mine. We didn't know it that day, of course, but Zig came out and said, you know, you put garbage in your mind, garbage comes out. And I call that stinking thinking. Don't get baptized with stinking thinking. The next speaker was Earl Nightingale, who had this most incredible voice. Wow. I mean, you know, was so resonant and compelling, and I loved him. And then the next speaker was Norman Vincent Pill, whose book, The Power of Positive Thinking, had released, and it was selling uh, copies by the millions, you know. And of course, now the he was the forerunner, founding guidepost, all of that. And, you know, he was just talking about how, you know, you need to eliminate the negative and accentuate the positive. I could talk about other speakers, but the last speaker up was W. Clement Stone, the mm. founder of Success Magazine, which I know is uh, housed in Dallas. To the- yeah, I've got several copies right here on my table in my okay, office. So W. Clement Stone says uh, what the mind can conceive, you can achieve. Now, in my case, I made a balanced discovery in my life. And obviously, coming from a pastor's perspective in my writings over the years, even though I do not pastor a church at this time, I came up with this statement, a positive mental attitude without a positive faith will result in positive failure. So for me, 
it's a balance in my spiritual health and faith as well as thinking right. Otherwise, you're always three steps forward, two steps backwards, you know, mentally speaking. And and so that has been very much part of my thinking as well, all through my pastoral ministry, as well as what I do now in terms of leadership development with both church, corporate, and nonprofit groups training. You know, Maxwell, for example, his books on leadership have sold over 26 million copies. And, you know, he's ranked number one in the world not long ago as the number one leadership guru. I know that day impacted him. I often say it impacted me, but my books have only sold over a little over 3 million copies. (laughs) Right. And I think that's such an interesting story because, you know, I've gone down this road of thinking that I was type A personality, muscling it through, tenacious, whatever the words you want to fill in there. But I just knew how to work really hard. And I was super competitive early in my career as a financial advisor. You have to be in this business or you don't stay around very long, as is the case with many businesses. But it is a mental game. And I came from a a very pessimistic background and I didn't even realize it. And it wasn't until I started coaching some of the financial advisors and seeing their struggles and hearing how I'd walk in their office and try to congratulate them on certain things they were doing. And it was always this sad story of how they're not accomplishing much and how they're feeling down about this. And I started seeing it for the first time and thought, oh, my gosh, like that's been me for such a long time. But even when you recognize that, you can't just snap out of it. And so what I found is People are typically going to change when they hit their bottom, whatever that is. And it's different for everybody where they just go, man, I've got to, I'm miserable. I've got to figure out a better way to live here. And some people change, or maybe they were already that way when they do something like you did, where they've got people surrounding them that are influential. They gravitate toward that message and then they hold it tight and they live by it. I wonder, you know, it sounds like you were already down that path a little bit with the stories you tell about your dad. I wonder if you hadn't had John Maxwell around you and some of these influences you can have that in your life, but you had to choose to live differently than most of our society today. And I know you talk a little bit in the book about how negative thinking harms you, where you feel helpless, you lack energy, you suffer physically and emotionally. I was resonating so well with those. Do you mind just peeling the layers back a little bit on that section of the book? Because, and here's why I say this, let me take a step back. I think so many people in today's society with the pressures that business puts on us, the pressures that time And, you know, we all have 24 hours in a day, but it just seems like time is stretched so thin because we don't map it out properly. Therefore, we avoid our family or we're not around our families or we avoid certain things with our health that we should be doing. And all the while, we just think if I can just get on over the horizon, I can just work a little harder. If I can just spend a little bit more time doing this, then I'll be at the place I need to be and I can slow down. And many times that only leads to more negative thinking because you never hit this point you want to reach. So if you wouldn't mind expanding on that part of the book for my listeners, I think that would be awesome for us. Well, you make a tremendous point there. And I think the way I'd set this up is that I was also privileged to be John Maxwell's first employee. And so he hired me to be on his staff when I was a college student. And he was a graduating senior when I was a first semester freshman. So my, uh, Junior year, I went on staff with him. And if you ever have read or or happened to read his book, Success Journey, I wrote the epilogue in that book. Oh, really? And he asked me because to do it because he wanted me to write about ways that uh, he had influenced me from my perspective rather than from his. Because I'm in chapter four of his book, 360 Degree Leader, talking about personality types and how the two of us work together and so forth and, you know, what his strengths were, what mine were. But in success journey, I write about the fact that, 
you know, John would, uh, would say when you work with someone, you know, here's the thing you need to do. First of all, you have to remember their name. And then secondly, he said, uh, you have to recognize their potential. And then third, you have to request their help. And fourth, you have to reward their achievement. So, you know, when John would assign me something, I would say, I don't think I could do that. And, and he'd say, uh, but Stan, you have so much potential. And I said, but you don't understand. I'm just an old boy from the hills of West Virginia, poorest of the poor. <laughs> now, you're not going to use that on me. You have incredible potential. Stan, live up to your potential. And so in terms of relationship building, in terms of dreaming the dream, being a visionary, all of that, you know, working with him was, you know, a good swift kick in the seat of the pants on a daily basis. And I grew up under that. Now, wow. it goes deeper in that, you know, as I began to make those choices instead of saying, well, but you don't understand who I am and where I'm from, he's going, yeah, but you have all this potential. I think you have to develop and unpack what you asked me to do, healthy daily routines. I mean, one of them is eating properly, another is exercising frequently. I've found, I know people hate to hear this, you know, but uh, you know, I put a Fitbit in my pocket and set a goal for how many steps I would take every day. And part of that's on a treadmill and, and then it's otherwise walking. And if I'm traveling, it's going to the mall and just taking a walk or whatever, but trying to get those steps in. It also involves rest. It involves, uh, I say, me uh, daily meditation and then just balancing the stress in your life with your schedule and making sure that you're not over-scheduling, which is the easiest thing in the world to do for a type A. Sure. I fit in your category. I mean, I've always had a tendency to gobble up more. But let me tell you what you don't know about me. I'm having to live out this book right now because I am dealing with cancer. Oh. Yesterday, I had a chemo treatment. And one of the things that I pledged to my wife and myself is that, you know, every day at such and such a time, I'm going to take a couple hour break, even though I have that passion to push through. I know that it's good for my health to do that. But the other side of it is, is when you have cancer and I've been through 10 chemo treatments now, you know, my outlook could really be very pessimistic right now in terms of the way I see things. But I refuse to let cancer grab my positive outlook and positive faith. Now, Stan, is that public knowledge? I mean, I'm sure the people around you know about that, but how, how public is that? Author page, which is just Stan Tuller author, if you're going searching for it, you will find uh, yesterday while I was getting ready to go undergo chemo, I did a brief blog, six things that cancers taught me about leadership. Wow. So, Holy cow. Yeah, it's not, it's no secret. And I've had thousands of views on that one. And what's interesting is you would not believe how many shares and then also comments that people have made, notwithstanding a number of them who have battled cancer, some who have inoperable cancer and the things that they're saying tonight, you know, about how it helped them yesterday. So, you know, I'm trying to lift people up when I'm also having to step up on the balls of my feet. One of the things my dad always said to me and my brothers, he was a singer, and he taught us how to sing, and we do still sing, the, the three of us. And so he'd say to Terry Mark and me, 
Boys, when you sing, get up on the balls of your feet, because if you get up on the balls of your feet, you'll never sing flat. If you rock back on your heels, you're going to be off pitch. But if you get up on the tip of your toes, you'll always sing up and over. And that's true with life. You know, you can rock back on your heels and say, I've just been dealt a really bad deal here. Or you can get up on the balls of your feet and say, uh, this is a day when I can do something about the things that uh, I've been facing. Well, that's such great advice. And Stan, thanks so much for sharing that. I did not know that. As you just mentioned, I also did not know about your involvement with John Maxwell. I had, I believe I read, I think this is true, just in the little bit that I've looked up on you since I read the book, I think I read that you were part of his leadership team. One yeah, of his, I was vice of, president of seminars for a number of years for his Enjoy Group, which now is the John Maxwell Company. Right. Yeah. He's enjoy group. I think that's what I read. But I thought, you know, hey, I know a couple of other guys, a couple here in Dallas that are, you know, that are part of Maxwell's leadership coaching. They've been, uh, you know, certified to do that. And I thought, well, hey, he's just another one of those. And then that just takes a whole new spin on it. Just knowing that you are going through cancer and guys listening out there. I hope you're hearing this. It really is a choice. I would love to drill down just in light of that, just knowing where you came from, knowing your story with your dad, knowing the positive influences that have been in your life, but yet you still had to choose to see the potential that Maxwell was telling you was there. And then not only that, but live that out. He doesn't live in your shoes every day. You have to take responsibility for that and live that out. How many books have you written now, Stan? Is it over? Well, my brothers say I've never had an unpublished thought, which is not true. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, book, Power of Your Attitude, was number 107. And I have 169 copyrighted titles. Some of those are practical kits and materials, you know, that are maybe 150 pages, but they're not in book format. They're in, you know, training kits and so forth. But I have 107 titles, 108 getting ready to release here shortly. And let me just add that John has never stopped encouraging and helping me. When he heard I had cancer, John and Margaret chartered a flight from West Palm Beach and flew to Oklahoma City and spent time with Linda and me. And he checks on me on a regular basis. And that's what real friends and mentors and leaders are all about, by the way. Man, that's great. What a great friendship there. And and like I was saying, he's he's there around you. He's encouraging you, as you just mentioned, but you still have to wake up every day and live your life exactly. and choose. I mean, you don't write a hundred and it's hundred and something books and a hundred and sixty something, you know, copywritten titles without really living that out and now saying the same thing once you've had cancer. What really struck me about this, as I've mentioned a couple of times, is that attitude really is a choice. We can all make excuses. We can all say we're going through this or dealt a bad hand, as you mentioned. All those little underlying worries that you don't always feel in the moment take a toll on you and take a toll on your life. A lot of the podcast episodes I've put out have been about health and stress and cortisol building up in your body and anxiety. And, you know, those things can be good in a pressure situation because it makes us perform. But if that's the only way you're living, then it starts eroding your mind. And then you start getting people with lack of sleep and later in life dementia and Alzheimer's and all sort of things, the way it just takes a toll on your body. I would love to know some practical steps or your routine each day. You mentioned the Monday morning watch story. And I think you said on your website you're ready in some mornings to go by and throw a <laughs> throw a rock with your resignation letter on it through a stained glass window of your church. Share with us some actionable tips, some items that have helped you really maintain that focus, that have made you a better person and really helped you, you know, really have more control over your attitude, your day, and making all of that a choice to help you live a better life. I'm glad to do it. And I think that uh, in part three of the book, Becoming a Positive Person, 
I write a chapter on rebooting your brain for a positive outlook. And I say, you can change your future by renewing your mind. And so these are the seven choices I am reminded of that my father really influenced me to do through his actions in everyday life before the tragic accident. The first thing I do when I wind up a watch is I I choose hope and I just believe it's all going to work out. Second thing I do is I choose humility. And that is, you know, I shouldn't take myself too seriously, that I'm humbled that even you would call on me today to interview or that I could be used in any way to help people develop as it relates to leadership in life. I choose gratitude when I wind up that watch and I count my blessings where they are many. And I don't have to look very far. I have two great sons and two great daughter-in-laws and five beautiful grandchildren ranging in age from two years old to 10 years old. Oh, congratulations. I see so much in them and so much to live for, uh, not to die. So I am choosing to live, not die as it relates to cancer. Uh, I, so I choose generosity. I believe we all should give more than we take. And my dad always said, you know, we have two hands, one with which to give and the other with which to receive. And, you know, there's a lot of people who always have their hand out wanting something, but I want to be on the other side of that. I wrote a book called The Secret Blend. It's a book about coffee and relationships, a leadership parable. It's been a very popular book for me over the years and in multiple languages. And the setting is in a coffee shop where else in Seattle on a rainy day when Joe goes into Mac's place and uh, he gets a coupon for a free cup of coffee since he's the, it's his first time in. And, and he looks at the other side and says, are you as rich as you want to be? Ask me. And a lot of what Mac teaches him about life and relationship building is you've got to give and sow into people's lives if you are going to, to have more friends and a better outlook on life. And then choose compassion is another one that I make on Monday mornings. And that means be kind to everyone you meet. And one of the kickers in my life that was so uh, formative was that when we got to Ohio and dad couldn't find a job, the church where we were going fed us, clothed us, paid our utility bills, And then when dad was killed in the accident, wrapped their arms around us when we grieved and showed compassion. And yet they recognized our potential and gave the Toller boys gold clip on neckties and asked us to sing in the youth choir. And so, you know, our musical aspect of our life was challenged and it's never ceased since then. We've recorded albums. My brother Terry's a Grammy award-winning songwriter and children's lullabies and and then writes, uh, you know, gospel music as well. So, you know, it's all been uh, played out through that uh, compassion of that church. Then celebrate life. I believe you you have to choose joy, and you got to find a way to celebrate every day and finally choose perseverance. Keep going no matter what. That's especially important for me. But again, I'm reminded, you know, it's a watch that takes a licking and keeps on ticking, and so I must be the same. You can't put a price tag on that. And just as I mentioned in the introduction as we started here, and uh, we'll just continue to say that your writing was used in my life to teach me a lesson that I will likely never forget. And those listeners out there, 
worldwide that are listening to this right now, go check out Stan Toller and primarily the book that we're talking about right now, The Power of Your Attitude. And the lesson you've taught me that I'll probably carry the rest of my life is beyond the six you just mentioned about choosing, but really just to choose your attitude. It's up to you. And either you can self-sabotage, as I mention all the time, and you can talk to yourself negatively, which is what we always tend to do, but it really is a choice. And you're either going to sabotage yourself and the loved ones around you and make them miserable, as sometimes we tend to do. Very self-driven people, we you know we really have to look around, and the ones that love us the most are the ones sacrificing the most for us to live out our dreams and our careers and the things we want to do. But it's a choice, and I'm so grateful to learn early on that there is really no horizon. It's the journey, and you've got to enjoy the journey just as much as you enjoy the wins along the way. And so I really appreciate that. But choose hope, choose humility, choose gratitude, choose generosity, choose compassion, choose joy. The resounding message there is you are in control. One question I'm dying to ask you before we get off the podcast here. How old are you, Stan? I just turned 66. I'm 66 years. So the question would be, what would you go back and tell yourself 30 years ago, 36, 35, 36 years old, that you wish you had known back then that you've learned in the next 30 years of your life? Well, you know, I don't live with a lot of regrets. I want to say that because uh, I have been very blessed. And one of the things that I had to analyze when I met with the surgeon, and by the way, let me add that the oncologist says that the cancer is responding to the treatment. He's approved a modified speaking schedule for me again, and I was off for several months not traveling. And so I'm actually headed to Orlando, Florida uh, tomorrow to speak. And I'm very excited about, you know, doing what I'm most passionate about. I've still got a, a ways to go, but, you know, one of the things the surgeon asked me was, do you have a bucket list? And I said, after I thought about it for a while, you know, I don't have bucket list. I've spoken in 90 countries of the world in all 50 states. Wow. And so the most important thing for me is to be with my family and my friends during this time of battling this. And I can be a happy man without ever going back to Hawaii or Aruba or anywhere <laughs> else if my sons and daughter-in-laws and my five grandchildren are nearby. One of the things that I would do more in looking back that I did with my own, but maybe not enough with the people that I was leading early on in my years, even as a pastor, uh, that I would have put more resources in their hands. It worked beautifully with my sons, for example. I would say to them, and now, you know, it's probably not enough money, but I would say, hey, I gave you five bucks if you'll read this book. And I'll never forget Adam's like eight years old. And I noticed he was needing to work on his attitude just a little bit, even at that age. And I said, uh, tell you what, I'll give you $5 if you'll read uh, John Maxwell's book, The Winning Attitude. And he said, Uncle John wrote a book. And I said, well, yes, he did. And uh, <laughs> so he wanted to pick the book. And I said, no, I picked the book. And so, you know, but Jeff, come back, give me a report. And I'll never forget, you know, he came back. Gave me that report, and today Adam and I share joining offices together. He manages a lot of aspects of my life, along with himself being a media and publishing uh, person and his work. But it's it's fascinating that I saw a change even at eight years old, and so I started, you know, putting books in the hands 
Rick Warren says this way, all leaders are learners. The moment you stop learning, you stop leading. And Mm. Seth and I were talking the other day. He's a homicide detective here in Oklahoma City. And he said, Dad, have you read that book, The Power of Your Habit? And I said, yeah, I love that book. And and he said, well, I just read another one by the same guy called uh, Better and Smarter, you know. And so he recommends the book to me. So I immediately went and downloaded it on my Kindle, you know, and now I'm reading it. And I thought it was so cool that years ago, I challenged both of them. And every now and then I'd say, hey, this is a great book. Give you five bucks if you'll read it and give me a report. I would have done more <laughs> on that. Uh, you know, as years went by, all the people who worked on my team, I was constantly putting books in their hands. And, and I'd say, if you don't like to read, then we'll get you an audio book. But I want you to listen to this. They've all seen more Maxwell and Ziegler and you name it, tape clubs and you know, CDs and everything else over the years as they morph through the different stages. And, uh, you know, now I need to tell them to listen to your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. That would be great. And, you know, I tell you, just these names you're mentioning, Zig Ziglar was really, you know, really was the turnaround in my life. And so many other lessons, even spiritual lessons and things like that, that he's taught me and I've read in your book as well, are just so many great life lessons for guys that are your age, but especially us that are younger. And we haven't been where you've walked before and can really learn from those that have been down the path that we're going. So, Stan, I certainly appreciate your time here today. Where can we find more from you to steer our listeners to? I know you mentioned your website a few minutes ago, stantoller.com. Is there anywhere else that we can find out more about you and the things you're working on out there? Well, typically, you know, Amazon carries all my titles and they actually give me credit probably for more, you know, because I've written forwards on books and so forth than actually what I have copyrighted. But uh, that's a great place to find uh, the resources. And, you know, you can always request them at uh, bookstores, the Barnes Noble types and so forth, Books Million, any of those that you might have in your area, uh, they carry or at least on request will we'll make those available. So I really appreciate the opportunity to be on with you and thank you for your encouragement and all who are listening. Uh, I hope that this in some way has impacted your outlook on life in a new, more positive way. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for your work. I know you can also be found on Facebook at Dr. Stan Toller on your Facebook page over there. Yeah, I just pulled it up here as we're talking and see where you can. Twitter, link, Twitter LinkedIn, and uh, Facebook. If they just, you know, uh, do Stan Toller author They'll find me, and then, you know, if they like the page, then they can even send me a private message, which I welcome. Yeah, I was saying, I I pulled up your Facebook page here as we were talking, and I see where you did list the health update here. So for anybody that wants to follow the journey that Stan is on and see the other things that he's doing, again, at Dr. Stan Toller on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and I'm sure a host of other places we can find you out there as far as just your writing. So go grab this book that we've been talking about, The Power of Your Attitude, and be on the lookout for the new ones from him and any of his other hundreds of books that are out there. And Stan, thank you for your time and for giving back. We appreciate your work and for, most importantly, choosing to have the attitude that you have, which got us connected through your works and writings. And uh, I know your family is so grateful for the man you've become as well. So we appreciate that as well. Thank you. Take care, buddy. Bye-bye. Hey guys, I enjoyed having Stan on the podcast today and hope you took a ton away from his incredible message of leadership, adversity, and overcoming the odds. If you'd like to connect directly with me or my team, the best way to do that is by email. Info at success101podcast.com is the address. 
Again, info at success101podcast.com or you can reach me in the world of social media on the Success 101 Podcast Facebook page or on Instagram under the name at Success 101 Podcast. I'll catch you guys again on the next awesome episode of the Success 101 Podcast. Until then.